Hi, my name is Kevin McDonald, and I'm declaring my independence. Independence from what? Why, negative thoughts and energy, of course. Chief among them, hate, division, and fear. You see, I know that we're all one, and together we can solve any problem, save our planet and each other. Please, join me as we come together as one and choose a better way to be. So now, let's begin with my independence report. And welcome, everybody, to another episode of My Independence Report. This is going to be a fun one, I do believe. I enjoy these because it is a little bit out of the norm for what I normally do, but it also is a complete and total mystery to me on how this on how this guy can do what he does and, and create something. I really wish I could do that, but I can't. So uh, I have to take what, what these folks do and try and add to them and and uh, and use him a little bit because he is a composer and a songwriter and he's doing themes for uh, uh, movies and for multimedia and theater and all sorts of things. His name is and I'm going to screw up your last name. So just be prepared because I do that anyway. Mark W. Chiasson is uh, is that close enough? That's close enough, Kevin. That's perfect. <laughs> First of all, I'd like to. Oh, first of all, I want to mention that uh, um, uh, Lamori Media is brought us together, and yeah. you're working with her, and yeah. uh, they are they are a group out of Canada that is uh, has got a bunch of folks, and we're working together on Fridays to put together some really cool shows, and we've done some. We're going to do a bunch more, and this is one of those, and uh, so I want to thank Tracy for for doing that. She's, yeah, that was very nice of her. She's an awesome gal. And yes, so, 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 Mark, tell us about yourself a little bit. Well, uh, I'll try to keep it short. Um, I was born in uh, Windsor, Ontario, which is just across the river from Detroit. And um, after I turned 25, I left to go to college. Now, the thing is, when I went to college, um, it was I only had two options I wanted. One was music or one was film and television production. Now, back in 96, unfortunately, the Internet was just born so nobody could really afford the internet back then either i mean you're paying a paycheck for an hour's worth of uh, internet right so what happened was that um, i tried to gather up all the information i could even for any kind of schooling in detroit and it just seemed that at that point everything pointed towards doing television production work and i like doing that as well you know and um uh so i majored in doing film editing and video editing and uh after, I guess, about 20 years, I mean, it, it ran its course. I enjoyed it, but I was still missing the love of playing music and being able to hopefully make that as a living. And it was kind of difficult at that time to um, to get into that. And not to mention back then, nobody could really afford the equipment as opposed to today. You know, nowadays, it's all basically all on the computer. Back uh, 20 years ago, they were just starting. Um, Sorry about that. I just got an interruption there. Uh, I was just... Uh, was, that, was that Mr. Spielberg? I wish it was. <laughs> <laughs> no, but anyways, um, so what happened was that uh, after it was all said and done, I, I did it for 20 years. Then after that, I decided um, it was just best to see if I could try to move over to uh, doing music. So in the process uh, for the last six years, 
being in post-production work, I started doing uh, music work for some of the clients because uh, some of the clients would go through, you know, back then they used to have catalogs of CDs of every type of genre of music and whatnot, you know? Yep. And um, what happened was some of the producers were getting very um, upset at that and annoyed that they couldn't find anything to match their film or anything. So what happened was I just looked at my boss and said, do you mind if I go to the studio down the street there, maybe try to put something together for them? And the producer said, sure, no problem, let's see. So I'd spend maybe about three hours there. They went for lunch or coffee, whatever, and then came back. And I was able to fit something to their, their whatever kind of vision they had, you know, whether it was a commercial or um, some infomercial stuff or whatever, you know, but at least I was able to take something and, and make it theirs as opposed to just going through a library of music. And, you know, the guy could have spent, you know, six hours just looking and trying to find something to match. And he, you know, someone spent two hours, an hour, and they just got frustrated. So I said, look, how about if I do it for them? So I did it about four or five times, but the one big mistake is that I didn't save them. I didn't save a copy for myself back then. Oh. And I should have. That was that was something I learned now. It's like anything you do, <laughs> try to make a copy somewhere, put it somewhere. And I regret it to this day. After all, after about five, six, seven years now, I'm thinking, and they were some really good stuff, you know, and, oh, sure. you know, you just, you don't think about it at the time because you're not thinking you're going to be leaving this to pursue a different type of career, you, you know, and then all of a sudden, oops, wish I had something. So now I'm starting basically right from the bottom and working my way up to uh, do bits and pieces for people, you know, so it's just building more now. Um, I've done some work for independent people and, um, I'm still waiting for them to finish it. So we don't know how long that's going to take for them, but at least I did what they asked. And that's the main thing. They got what they wanted. And that's, that's to me, that's my satisfaction. You know, I'll tell you the last 20 years has been 25 years has been really a cataclysmic change in the music industry. Right. As a whole. And as uh, far as production as a medium, because right. because you're right, it, there was a time when it was you know, thousands and thousands of dollars to get uh, the mixers and the the right equipment and, and yeah. have all of that done. And not to mention the fact that in some in someone like your case, you have to have the talent. You see all those instruments that are sitting behind you. You, <laughs> you have to have the talent to be able to play them, put them together in in a sensical way that yeah. makes sense. And it's it's. And the same thing holds true with what I'm doing now with these with this podcast, is it's hard to and okay okay twenty years ago there was a period of time when you could use copyrighted material and nobody would know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nobody nobody was getting paid for it and stuff and you could use that if if you but but now they've tightened the screws down to where if it's copyrighted material. Yeah. And a podcast is using it without permission or payment, uh, you can get into a whole world of trouble. Definitely, and yes. So you don't want to do that anymore. So with the number of podcasts that are out there that are looking for music that is either copyrighted to them that they pay for or right. one that's just out on the Internet. And it's hard to find stuff just out on the Internet. Because yeah. um, everybody, and rightfully so, you what you do is it deserves to get paid for. 
Well, yeah. I mean, you know, you put the hard work into it and whatnot. I, it just makes sense that the person should get something out of it. You know, uh, it's not like they just pushed one button and collected all the sound bits and bytes and whatnot to the the software or whatever, and they just push a button. There's the music. You know, a lot of people like me love to do it. You know, one at a time, make it sound exactly the way they want it. And well, yeah, I mean, it's nice to get paid for it. You know, and not just for someone just to steal it and right. use it for their own and not give it at least any credit. Right. And that, that happens all the time. It does. Yes. Nowadays, it's, definitely. It's, it's happening. It's happening less, at least, at least people like the, uh, the, the podcast platforms and those guys are very, very careful. And YouTube as yeah. well yeah. is very careful about using copyrighted material. So that's good. Yeah. yeah. I, I was, uh, at, for a time I was using, um, other people's music, like covering them. And what I was doing, experimenting, I'm going to be doing something a little far more elaborate very soon, but I was uh, cutting together, you know, using what I learned in school, might as well, right? Uh, I was cutting together me on every instrument from whatever uh, camera I was using. So I'd cut from one to the other to the other, sometimes do a multi-screen. So you see two of me going off at uh, drums and guitar on one side, whatever. But um, I didn't, I stopped doing that because I thought I don't want to, I feel like I'm ripping off what's already been done. I want to do something that's um, original and um, something that's, uh, I guess, uh, where people can see me doing everything at once. You know, and it's my original type of material. And that, that I think is something more important. It's more, it's, it's satisfying mm -hmm. when it's your own. I mean, it's okay to cover other people's stuff. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. It's just that's, for me, I want to show what I can do and what I can do for people, you know, whether they want something that's rock or jazz or anything. Now, symph symphony, well, I wish I could learn all the instruments for symphony. <laughs> I honestly do, Kev. But I don't well, think that's ever going to happen. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that, uh, um, that um, John Williams can play every instrument that he's got in the orchestra. Yeah. He just he just knows how to make them all sound really good yeah. with with the music that he does. So, uh is that now is that could you see yourself being uh there where you're doing the score for a major motion picture? Um I could. Um thing is for me I don't I don't really write it out like a regular composer does, you know, all on sheets and whatnot, you know. Um the way I've always liked it was well, if it's possible, it's like, you know, they, they say they have the film cut together already and then they want the music to be added. So I just have them give me a copy of it. So then they say, OK, here it is. I asked them if they want. They could just tell me, OK, at this time, at this time, at this time, we want this. We want that. We want that. And if uh, they want me to throw in any of my own ideas, then fine. Or if I feel that there's a scene where it's like, oh, OK, how about if we add something there? I, I, I have no hesitation in doing a full feature length film uh my favorite genre is anything that's uh, i guess uh kind of like gothic that's that was my favorite since i was a kid i mean you know how many of us grew up uh, in the 70s and 80s watching horror films on fridays and saturday nights you know and you, <laughs> you start to enjoy that or you miss that you know but it it made me it, it just made me do more of being able to really get into it you know i mean you can do um comedy music you can do all that stuff but when it comes to something that's dramatic or something that's gothic or whatever 
that's where I love to really get in there. And I, I really love to suck the audience into it. That's what I, that's what I really love doing. I mean, I could, I could do anything else they want, but yeah, that's my all time uh, <laughs> goal is to do something that's uh, gothic and suspenseful. And well, you know, it's funny you should mention that because there's a, a clip that you sent me yeah. and it's kind of a compilation of uh, several different genres. Right. And a couple of them, a couple of them was well, one is very suspenseful and, yeah. and, and stuff. And so I asked you to do that so that I could, uh, um, you just send me an audio so I could make a little bit of a video out of it. Right. And, right. uh, just, just so that people could get a flavor for the type of work that you do. And yeah. so, so I put that together and, and you actually said it didn't suck. Um, so. <laughs> It, it was nicely done for, to do it very quickly like that. It was nice. It was, it was, you did a great job, especially with some of the um, still photo stuff that you, you captured what I was trying to play, you know? So, well, I, I got a smile out of you with one of them. So when it would have changed, <laughs> so I knew that I, I hit that one correctly. Yeah. Uh, I, the couple of them, probably not so much, but, uh, uh -huh. but at, at the same time, it, when you provide music like that, I, I could, I could feel where you wanted to go with the music, yeah, and what you what you were trying to uh, put out there, and uh, and it it really is magical. Have you did, did you were you a music, musician when you were a kid? Has just been something um, for a long yeah, time. Yeah, I, I started. I really started getting interested in playing when I was about five years old. Uh, the guitar, and. Um, I think the inspiration, besides the fact that my 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 dad um, is a guitar player, and he he played country music back when he was young, you know. So I mean, I used to watch him play, you know. And then I got really mesmerized when at one thing was when my parents would watch uh, Roy Clark, fabulous that's, guitar player. That's oh, unbelievable. I even had a chance to meet him once, and that to me was incredible. And well, he was the one who started it all because you remember there was an old TV show called uh, Hee Haw. Oh, yes. <laughs> there was whenever, this is according to my parents, okay? So I'm not sure if this is true or not, but apparently there I am with this five-year-old kid with a huge guitar watching Roy Clark. And whenever they did a close-up, because they always did close-ups of his intricate playing, apparently that was where I learned my guitar lessons, was whenever they did a, a close-up shot of his guitar and his fingering, Apparently, my parents said I'd start kind of figuring it out, going, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, you know, and that, that's how it all started. And um, by the time I was about 12 years old, I was able to play you know, lead guitar, not bad for a 12-year-old, you know? Not exactly like uh, uh, Brian May of Queen style or nothing like that, but, uh, you know, not bad. And it just carried on afterwards. And then, uh, I think it went from guitar to drums, from drums Next was bass, and the last thing I learned was uh, keyboards. How did you learn how to operate your hands and feet independently on a drum kit? <laughs> um, I guess it was because of when I was a kid at school, I was bored sitting in class a lot, and you know, feet start tapping a lot, you know, and all of a sudden you start kind of like that on the desk, you know, and yep. that that I think was what happened because in grade four I had a a tendency of doing that a lot and you know obviously getting in trouble with the teachers like you know i'm being uh, you know 
disrespectful, not quite, you know, but then all of a sudden my, my dad, uh, he saw that I was always playing with sticks and stuff like that, you know, pencils, whatever, you know, and he decided to buy me like a very small junior set drum set, you know, just something to get used to the idea of your arms moving independently and your legs moving kind of thing, you know, and it just took off from there. That's basically how I learned to play the drums was just by just always feet tapping and things like that, because it's very important. You got the, you know, like any drummer knows you got the floor to or the, um, the bass kick, you know, and then you got the hi-hat thing. So you got to try to make those independent, but still work with a good rhythm. And then your hands, well, you just try to work with, with those, you know, and that's. Have you ever, have you ever tried to sing at the same time? No, I am a lousy singer. Uh, I, no, <laughs> I think maybe once every 20 years, maybe once every 10 years, my voice is perfect. And then all of a sudden it's gone for 10 years, but at least I can hum music when I'm sitting in the studio and trying to play something on the piano, I can get away with that, you know, but singing though, I, I wish I could, but I don't think I, can, I don't think I can do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you could always, have you ever thought about being a studio musician? Like um, Ben Campbell or somebody like that. Oh yeah. I'll let, I, I love, I love like, um, in the last, um, uh, seven years or so I was playing live with bands, you know, in Toronto and felt, I felt very comfortable on the stage. I don't know why it's just playing real, like, you know, I don't care if there was a hundred people or, or 600 people. It didn't matter as long as they can hear it and they were enjoying themselves. I was happy and being in a studio. I'd love to do that. Cause I mean, I could spend, I could easily spend 24 hours in a studio straight and not even think about it because once you're in there and you're, you're having fun, you know, and sometimes it's challenging and sometimes it's tough because you want to try to bang out the right tunes and the right notes and whatnot. So it's, it's, it's not a huge, huge problem to be in the studio. I love it. Um, unfortunately I haven't had a chance to really do it, um, with other people yet, but I'm, I'm hoping someday down the road, I can really do a lot of that. That's awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, while we got you here, why don't we uh, play this little montage that, that, that I helped, you know, okay. helped put, put it together so that people can get kind of an understanding of what it is that, that you do, and then we'll come back and talk about that a little uh, bit more, if that's all right with you. That is great. Not Looking forward to it. <laughs> Very good. And this is, this is uh, Mark W. Chiason, and he is a, a singer-songwriter and does some incredible stuff. And uh, I would, if you're looking for somebody to have copyrighted music that can be your copyrighted music, I'd I'd hire this guy. He's really good. So so hold on, and we'll be uh, we'll play this, and we'll be right back. Okay.
Okay, that that was really pretty. I, I enjoyed. The, how did you do the the strings and the uh, um, horns and all of that? Is that all via computer? Uh, well, it was it was actually done all live. It was multi-track. I think some of the ones you played. Uh, I think I played about 30, 20 to thirty instruments and just overlapped each one. And what I do uh, for me, which is easy, is that uh, whatever I'm thinking about or whatever, I play uh, a ghost track which is like, you know, like a piano here kind of thing, just doing it in time, you know, whatever, in 4-4, four, four, whatever, and whatever beats per minute. And if I like what I'm playing, then I say, okay, let's let's start adding maybe like uh, some horns here and then uh, some, maybe an oboe here and then the, the, the bass, like, you know, just piling all the flutes and everything together and then trying, trying to kind of like... Um, just make it, you know, like it has its pits and, and hills and valleys kind of thing, you know, so it's going to build up and it comes back down kind of thing. And uh, I just basically do a track like that on here or on this one, whatever, or the one back there. And if it sounds good, then I work with it. And then after about maybe 10 hours, I have like a nice little six minute uh, piece that I like. And that's, that's the way I do it. Just like one track at a time, multi-layered, and if it really sounds good, keep it. If not, just keep you know plugging away at it until it really sounds good. So you can play the oboe and and some other. <laughs> no, unfortunately, it's on this thing. Oh. The oboe and you know, <laughs> I like I said, I wish I could play all the instruments, but it would take me about a hundred years to learn all of them. Yeah, well, so, you know, but what you're doing is is um, I, I I think it's the creativity that it takes and 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 to make it your own and to, and to make it work it's it sounds like a, a hell of a lot of fun if oh, I, it is it is i, can I, I it think it is it. yeah it, it's it's enjoyable to do that where do, you, where do you see yourself going what's your what's the, what's the plan sir oh the plan is just to produce music for anybody who needs it for whatever occasion or whatever project it could be anything from media to radio to television to um, someday we're going to get back to doing live presentations and whatnot. And, you know, like there's going to be car shows, there's going to be model shows, there's going to be all types of things. I'm not just holding myself to one certain type of um, occupation where it's just for television or radio or film. It's for whoever needs it. They just come to me and say, look, I've got this. It might be only a minute. It might be 10 minutes. Who knows? Whatever they want. If I, if I feel I can do it for them, I'll do it for them. They just have to give me an idea of what they're looking for and if there's anything specific they want. But it's just, it's, it's not just one thing. It's wherever there's music needed. And then, you know. and then you run into a guy like me that when you, when you say, okay, what are you looking for? It's like, hell, I don't know. You're the musician. Just come up with something. Good. <laughs> come, yeah. come up with something that I'll like. Yeah. <laughs> like what? Do you well, have what's that? Do you ever get anybody who comes to you and like, I don't know, you're the musician, come up with something. I want something like I've, Well, like I said, I, I haven't had a lot of that yet. I'm hoping, I'm really hoping a lot of people do come up to me down the road and say, look, I don't know what I want. Can you give me ideas? And I'll be like, well, let's, let's, let's see what happens. Let's, let's work together. It's not just, you know, I get my inspirations off of others too. It's not just from me to them. It's them to me. If they have a, if they have something, they say, well, I got a feeling about this or I like that. I just say, okay, let's let's work together on that. Let's see if we can find something that you 
you know, some people can't express it in music. They, they express it in their way, whether it's a film or a radio or something like that. It's like they've done their part. Now it's my turn to try to do the same thing from my, my aspect, from my music point of view. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what I would, uh, if, if I were to come to you to collaborate with you, um, I'm trying to think about how I would, well, let me, so let's, let's go down the process just, just a little bit. The, the, okay. the show's called the mind of penance report, right? The tagline is, um, declaring our independence from hate division and fear. Mm-hmm. So it needs to be kind of an upbeat kind of positive, a song that I can do almost anything with and interview almost anybody about anything because it needs to be, you know, kind of broad brush that way. I have no earthly idea what that would even sound like. Right. It's it's like um, you would say you would um, send me the intro, you know, because most shows obviously have an intro. Right. And uh, whether you have a voiceover to go with it or not, doesn't matter. Um, I look at what you've done and then I just start looking at the key points, like, you know, a certain scene, a certain person's way of, of the way they, they look at, look at the camera kind of thing, if they're smiling and whatnot. Um, it, you just put all that in to the pot and then you start adding the flavors. That's basically what my music will be adding the flavors to just bring it all out. And, um, you, you know, you don't want anything that sounds scary, gothic or anything like that. You want something that has, a driving force and something that's not in uh, like a like minor key. There's all major keys on the keyboard or guitar or whatever. You know, it's, it's got to be upbeat, not sounding depressing. Because the minute right. you start throwing that in, you kind of screw it up. <laughs> it's not going to work. Well, well although uh, I've been toying with the idea of doing a, um, a a late night show that features a lot more dark and a lot more things like that so that that's where that would work that would work oh, yeah well no, then i'd have a lot of fun with that <laughs> <laughs> well because it yeah that would be but i right now i can't find anybody that wants to pay me to do that so you know, <laughs> can't find but, anybody uh, to pay me to do this either but that's okay oh it's it's just um it's it's just once once you have a uh, a piece of footage whatever you know there or whatever the you know, with titles or whatever you have. And then I just, I just look at it. And I actually, sometimes I could watch it maybe 10 times until I feel, okay, I got something here. I, you know, it might take about an hour or so, but then all of a sudden I start kind of going over this thing and start kind of watching and playing at the same time and thinking, mm, yeah, okay. And once I find a beat, a melody of some kind, then it's almost like I, I lock into it and say, okay, that's what I need right there. Something that goes with this. Something that's upbeat. It makes you, it makes you once you're listening to it, it's like your heart starts pounding. Right. With energy. With, you know, because everybody has positive and negative energies. If you hear music that has positive energy, just like with anything, you know, you start feeling those endorphins coming out, those really good feelings, you know, and it makes you really want to, like in your case, you know, they want to watch it. They want to watch the show because it's like, hey, this guy really made a nice buildup. He really wants our attention. He wants us to see this. So oh, exactly, yeah. exactly. Now, have you? Do you write lyrics as well? No, no, I'm not a lyricist. <laughs> can't sing. Can't write. To say no, can't do it. Well, I, you know, I'd be afraid to see what I'd write. 
<laughs> well, you know, and I've mentioned it on this show before, Elton John can't can't write a lick, but as far as lyrics goes, that's why he has Bernie Taupin. But uh, yeah. uh, but he's a, a wonderful uh, songwriter as far yeah. as as far as melodies go. Oh yeah, and that sort of thing. Yeah, it's it's like every everybody has their 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 field. You know, everybody's the best at something in that, mm-hmm. whether it's in television, film, radio, whatever. You know. Um, if somebody came up to me with lyrics or um, say they had a demo, you know, they had a guitar demo or piano demo. And if it was timed perfectly, you know, where one side I have them, the other side I have a click track so I could just match up the sounds and the beats. And they said, well, can you, can you add around it? You know, here I am on a guitar or the piano. Can you add stuff around it? And that, that I could do, you know, I mean, people can send me the stuff on written sheet, but I, if in the perfect world, I'd like it where they send me the uh, a demo where they already know where they're going with it. And then I just basically, it's like, it's like a painter with the canvas, you know, the outlines of stuff, whatever is ready. And then you just go and fill in the colors. And that's, that's what I like to do is just be able to fill in the colors of what they've already put down. I, I again, I have to tell you, I, I can't imagine being able to do what you do. Yeah, to me, that that is like some sort of uh, of an act of God. I I don't know. It's it's, it's, it's like. Now, do you ever wake up with a song in your head? Uh, a couple times, yeah. Uh, like, well, some of the stuff he played just it just came off the top of my head. Like just thinking, you know, sometimes you're sitting there, and after about an hour or so, you're thinking, well, let's try something like this. You know, because you, even if you're not doing it for something for somebody, you've got to keep it active. You've got to keep doing things. And you have to, uh, you just got to keep your chops up. You know, you can't just let it sit after a month and all of a sudden some people do and some people have to walk away from it for a while because, you know, they get frustrated. It's like, it's like having a writer's writer's block. Yeah. Musicians get musicians block or, you know, composer block, whatever you want to call it. And you don't want to get so frustrated that you just don't want to look at it again. You just walk away for a while. And fortunately, for me, uh, I, there's been a couple times where I woke up after, for some reason, hearing something in my head going, you know, oh, okay, let, let me just let me just record that for a second, just so I don't forget, because usually that's what happens. You know, you you remember something, you start humming it a lot, but then all of a sudden you get distracted. And, what was I? What was I humming? <laughs> you can't remember. And then you hate yourself for that day because you can't remember a thing. So yeah. Yeah, well, I keep I keep on uh, using the example that see I I believe in a, in a lot of ways uh, music and the ability to write music is uh, uh, is comes from your intuition, right? Um, and it comes from somewhere else. It comes from the other side in some cases, right. like 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 Paul McCartney woke up with yesterday already in his head. Yeah, um, and he he thought it. He he went around for a couple of weeks asking people, "What is this song? I've heard this song before." <laughs> Yeah, and it, it started out being scrambled eggs, and then and then he and and John sat down and wrote the lyrics to it. But it was it was it was a magical thing, and yeah. so that's 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 really as as cool as to what you can do. Um, and I really wish that you will uh, do very very well, so that um, um, your name will be right there with John Williams or or oh. some other greats. I, I would love that. I mean, uh, John Williams is a great composer, and I have uh, a couple that inspired me from when I was in my teens to listen to orchestra music, you know. And um, one of them was um, Nicholas Rosa. 
And if you're wondering who he is, he's the one who wrote the, the soundtrack to like uh, films like Ben Hur, oh, uh, yeah. King of Kings. And those were the films when I was a kid when I watched them, and I was really loving to play music. I got really sucked into the music itself. You know the one the 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 piece that you that you played that I put uh, uh, soldiers running and stuff yeah. with it. I I actually thought of that much more like like Gladiator or yeah. in in that in that that's comedy. that's actually the uh, the the type of film genre I was looking at was like Romans fighting and things like that you know and marching kind of thing but I ran out of time that's okay <laughs> it doesn't matter you still showed war you so you showed you know that type of thing that's exactly what I was looking at when I was or thinking of when I wrote that down something that has action and suspense and well like war War is one of the one of the best ones to use because it has that marching feeling behind it when you listen to it, you know. Exactly, and and I really really enjoyed the one the the victory celebration one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that 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 was that was cool as well. That was that was kind of like my little tip of the hat to Nicholas Rosa because he'd always build and build until it all, you know, just became joyous. You know that that feeling that that exhilarating feeling. And that's yeah, that's the kind of stuff I love to to compose for people if I ever could. You will, you <laughs> will. Um, it would um, be great. Tracy, Tracy will help you, and and uh, yeah. hopefully somebody will listen to this and go. I have a podcast, and I really want to. I I can't find any music that does it justice. Yeah, and does it the way that I want it to do, and I and I don't want to uh, worry about using copyrighted material because. Um, I don't know if you know this, but in the United States, you can sue anybody for anything. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But people, you know, I can understand if you're taking a direct rip off of a song, right? But let's let's face it: when you really narrow it down, I could write something that no one's ever heard. But yeah, maybe seventy years ago, somebody wrote something similar. It it's just it's just the way it is. I mean, music can only you only have so many chords and so many beats in existence. Sooner or later, well, no, but sooner or later, someone's going to come across like, hey, you know, that kind of reminds me of something that my granddaddy used to play in 1947. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's just, it's, it, well, look at blues. How can you sue blues, blues artists? Blues is all the same, basically. Unless, well, you, know, you, can, unless you can cross blues and polka together, <laughs> there you might have something different. Maybe one day I might try that just for kicks. Just, just to see, just to see if, if anybody wants to listen to it. Um, <laughs> But, but, but and speaking of which, that that exact thing happened not too long ago with uh, Led Zeppelin and Stairway yeah. to Heaven. Yeah, I remember. I remember uh, hearing about that. And, uh, wow, that's all I can say is like when I heard the two, it's like, yeah, they're. They, I think they're similar. So I don't know. I mean, they are. Well, how they got out of it was that that it was. They were similar, but they were also similar to others, and it yeah. was kind of a, an accepted, um, an accepted part of the genre yeah. that, that it would be that way. So, um, but that that poor guy now he's he's passed, but his family would surely would have made a little bit of money had, uh, yeah, had, you know. So it, but it is unfortunate, but I mean it's it just happens like that. I mean they'd have to literally sue if it was like literally beat for beat for beat. Tone for tone, key for key, lyric for lyric, you know? Because unfortunately, people don't really realize it, but I mean, we've we've been playing music since 
you know, whenever the first instrument came out in existence. And I'm sure in the last hundred years or so, any single guitar, you know, player, piano player, whatever, I'm sure 70 years later, somebody's done something without even hearing that ever. Right. It, it's just, it just happens like that. The idea is to try to throw in a little something of your own personality into it to try to make it a little bit different. I'd like to think that's what George Harrison did when, when he wrote my sweet Lord, uh, yeah. which was, um, not a direct ripoff, but he did get, he was, uh, convicted of plagiarism with, I, yeah. I can't, we can't remember the, it, the Shondells or somebody did the original uh, yeah. song that they were talking about. So, but there, but was, I, a, there was another one too. Um, the kinks sued the doors. They did. Because, <laughs> because of, well, I don't know. I can't remember if they, they won or if there was like a little, uh, uh, under the counter agreement, but apparently the doors ripped off with hello. I love you from all day and all night. <laughs> now, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, just for fun, I try to actually listen to the two songs together at the same time, <laughs> you know, what, you know, and it, I don't think they really ripped them off. Maybe, maybe some sort of uh, a beat here and there, you know, kind of thing, but I don't think it was a direct rip off, but I think the doors and them settled and I think it was like a, like a little nudge, nudge of the arms against each other going like nice try <laughs> it, it wasn't a bitter feud but it was funny to think you know oh but, yeah yeah because i mean you know sometimes you have to rip off from the best so i guess the doors are if they did they ripped off from one of the best you might as well if you're gonna if you're gonna go down that road yeah. um and and there is so much at that level there is so much money involved yeah that, uh, that it, it makes sense that someone would try and sneak one by a little yeah. inside fastball Try and yeah. get, get that going. So, what else? What else uh, are you excited about doing? Do you have any projects that are coming up? That uh, to be honest, I don't have any projects at the moment. Now, I don't know if it's just because of COVID itself or whatever, but um, yeah. it's it's just basically just being able to get out there, like I'm doing right now with you. Exactly. Uh, because when it came to television, film production, editing, post production work, on there was no problem there because you know. I was working with companies, but now I'm working independently. And the thing with that is that I don't like to say, you know, this is what I charge per hour. This is what I charge for this. It's more like, why don't you tell me what your budget is? And let's see what we can do. That's what I want to get across. Let's see if whatever budget you're having, you know, especially when there's people who are just starting out as, you know, people who want to do film work or video work or whatnot, they're not going to have millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, you, to, you got to start somewhere. You can't. You can't be greedy. Yeah. You, you, right. Everything you do is a challenge. And sure, it's nice to get a little bit of pay with it. Sure, there's nothing wrong with that because you're 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 doing it for them, you know. But um, I just want to be able to find people who want. You know, let's just let's start off with some little stuff. Get to know me. Let's see what I can do for you. And let's see if we can build a relationship together that you're happy with the work I do, and I love doing work for you. So. It just starts off like that. To to say I have any major production work right now, no, I don't. Not you will yet. someday, yes. <laughs> someday soon. Someday soon. It'd be great. It would. I I just love. I want to be able to work with people, and be able to work with their uh, material, whatever it is. You know, whether it's film, radio, podcasts, you know, anything like that. Well, you've got a tremendous talent for it. I I'll tell I, you. I do. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's, it's, well, go ahead. 
Well, I'm just saying it's nice, nice when you know I hear it from somebody else. You know, when they they say, okay, yeah, music is good as long as it's got potential. That's the most important thing. Well, if it when I was listening to it, and you sent me more than what I was able to put together, and uh, they're they're all really really good, and more 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 than just being technically proficient. Yeah. It provides you with a feeling, yeah, and that's that's a really important part. That yeah. that 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 creepy feeling with the kids that were walking up to the uh, um, yeah, the, the, I cabin, mean, that, the abandoned cabin thing. That's a typical, you know, the one thing that you always want to have is that kind of music when people are tiptoe. It's, it's almost if you heard the tiptoe kind of feel to it, you know. And exactly. the one thing, the one thing that I always hate in a horror film that scares me is an open door. Yeah, don't know. It's like in every horror film or, or action film that, you know, there's something scary on this side. Everybody always goes through that door. So it's like building up that little creepiness, you know, where all of a sudden, um, you, I, didn't, I didn't obviously give you the whole version, but it gets really nasty. <laughs> the music does get very nasty. It gets very much all over the place after that. And yet you still hear that doop, doop, doop in the background. Yeah. And everything else is up in the air all over. Well, the one the one picture I didn't show that I could have is that uh, there was a person with an axe that uh, was in behind one of the doors. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> so I, I didn't know if that was going to be too dark to to uh, uh, put that one up there or not. But but now yeah. you also did film. I film escapes me. I don't know how to do and create film and then to edit it. And, and to put it together. How do you do that? Um, well, there's very various ways of working with uh, film and video editing. I mean, sometimes the film would be put through a telecin and onto digital tape. This is just before everything was totally done on digital, on just computer alone, you know? So um, the films would be transferred over, like this is if it's being shown on television or other things, not theater. But... Um, they would come in like, you know, multiple stacks of tapes, you know, camera one, this one, camera two, and it, all the scenes, all the slates, everything all in there, you know? And then the the director or the producer, whoever is in charge, or sometimes what they call the head editor would come in and say, okay, I need this. I want that. Let's work with these two angles and let's take these two, you know, that's all it was. It's just cutting together that. And then uh, the sound guy, which I started learning to do sound editing as well. And then um, we would just sync up the master sound and the master shots and that's all that's all it was you know just taking bits and pieces together the the crazy the craziest is when you're trying to work with uh what's called super 16 millimeter that is that is the worst to work with because um the films used to come in and then a separate track would be coming in and then you'd have to use this old roller thing whatever it was and you have to sync up the sound from that film tape as they call it. it was a film with the audio on left and right sides of the film with the actual film itself and sometimes they didn't sync up or they'd be okay and then all of a sudden you'd have to go back in there and cut that piece out and try to resync it because sometimes people didn't want to uh, do the do the telecin transfer they wanted to cut very old style and i only did that once and never had to do that again Hence, hence the uh, um, the old saying, "I was in the film, but I ended up on the cutting room floor." Yeah, I saw I saw a sign similar to that once in one of the rooms. 
because it's you know because in the olden days they they literally would take a razor blade, wouldn't they? And they would and they would yeah. cut pair of scissors or their scissors or whatever and take the pictures out and then put it back together and then tape it back together again. Yeah. 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 And, oh, I, I can just imagine what it was like back in the forties, thirties, or even the twenties trying to do that, you know, oh, compared yeah. to the seventies, sixties and seventies as things progressed, you know, but how but they, the, how they synced films back in the twenties and thirties, especially like with three studios, Laurel and Hardy, you know, I, I'd hate to be the guy in the room doing that. It'd take forever. It'd yeah. take forever. And uh, and if it's not right, well, you know, it, it, it's just a big a big deal. Because I was in, uh, I was watching Rocky three in the theater one time, and yeah. the, whoever had taped it together hadn't done a very good job. And oh, you see the splices, in yeah, yeah, yeah. And the and the, and the uh, tape kept breaking. So wow. Also, <laughs> so you had you had double double problems. First off, is when they did the uh, film, they distributed. The distributor is supposed to be able to take the master edited film that comes right from the, the editor's room. They're supposed to be able to link it and sync it up together where you don't see those splices. And probably what happened was, this This is the only way to describe it. It's like every time a cut team, it just went ever so slightly and you see the splice tapes. Ah. When it's synced properly, you're not supposed to see that. Now, when it cut or when it started breaking apart at the theater, you said? Yeah. It was, it was, that, it was first run. First, first time, the, the, the it was a first run first showing at that theater and i, I think that then was a projectionist problem or the projector itself and it's oh. probably it probably cut or broke at the time you know because you remember seeing in theaters they used to use it as a platter and they take all five reels and put them on a big platter or sometimes they'd have two projectors and one finishes the next one starts kind of thing and sometimes if the splice doesn't the leader film they call it if it's not spliced properly it just breaks so that's probably, unfortunately, the kind of lucky I've seen that movie. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Everybody was all excited, and then and then nothing would happen. It took ten minutes, and then we'd, it was like it, there were commercials or something in the in the thing. Yeah. So, by the way, we're talking with Mark Chiasome, Chiasome, and and it's, uh, give me your uh, French pronunciation again. Uh, the French pronunciation is Chasson. 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 Yeah. Uh, that's but that's actually in plain English. It's uh, Chason. Chase so on. remember, chase on. There you go. I okay, chase on. I I I, <laughs> I got it. That's just one of those things. So uh, I, I'd like to thank you for being on the on the uh, podcast today. You, it's Kevin. It was great. my pleasure. I enjoyed it. It's great fun talking to somebody who is really legitimately talented <laughs> in something that I have absolutely no idea how you do. And it's uh, it's, 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 it's a very, I'm very flattered to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just, I, you can you can play. And when I was listening to the music, it was like this stuff is really this stuff. This uh, uh, um, um, composition is really is really talented. It's really cool that you can do that. And I really hope that that uh, somebody will will listen to this, or they'll come find you, or Tracy find somebody for you, yeah. and uh, you you can you can get your name. Um, it'd be kind of cool having your name be like I don't know what five feet tall. On, on the screen up there. Oh picture? yeah, yeah. I'd be, I'd be, I would be taking pictures of that and you know, staying on front, on the screen going like this. That's me. Yep. But then sooner or later, you just you know, it would be like old hat, and you know, that's just the way it goes. And and yeah. you'll be having lunch with Stephen and with uh, Lucas and and uh, <laughs> all those guys and and having a good time. 
Yeah, me and Brad Pitt going grocery shopping together, you know. And, yeah, talking about Jennifer and and, and all that. <laughs> and, and, oh, and then, I'd like that. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> and then there'll be people following you around, uh, taking your picture, uh, just because you are you're world famous. So so. It would, it would just be nice. It would be nice just to create music. World famous or not, doesn't matter. Just to be able to create for people, and some, you know, something to do, something that makes people happy. So, just as a thought, because I don't run across people, poets, and people that that do stuff like that all the time. If somebody were to come, if I were to come across somebody that had written a poem that could translate to lyrics. Uh, can I give them your name and see if you guys can collaborate? Uh, yeah, that's that's not a problem. Uh, like I said, I mean, if I, I'm not a vocalist, but if if I can look at the thing and then at least I can, if they want to hear my version of it, what I could do is I would talk the lyrics out just so they know where the lyrics are going with this, you know, and then they just add their their vocal ability to it. Well, so I'm, I can, I'm about to tell you how old I am. Uh, which is, which is, did, did you ever hear of a guy by the name of Bert Bacharach? I might have heard or seen something about him, but it's just even my memory's not that great. <laughs> he did, uh, he worked with Barbara Streisand a lot. Okay. He, uh, um, he wrote, um, what was this, the song that was with her and Robert Redford? Um, in that oh. I vaguely remember that movie. Wow. Um, and so anyway, he was a wonderful composer. Mm -hmm. Couldn't sing a lick, but he did anyway. Uh, that's that's why I was thinking about that because he he had a horrible voice. But but he he actually would be on on TV, you know, because he was he was a, a musician and could play. So yeah. being having a wonderful voice is overrated, I'm told. <laughs> Well, sometimes you got to get that dirt grunge kind of feel to it, just so it's not so lighthearted. It's, you know, you got to throw in that little oomph to it, I guess. But exactly. somebody else can do it because I can't. <laughs> okay. Well, I appreciate having you here, Mark. It's been it's been it's been fun. Um, now, at the end of every podcast, I like to give you the opportunity to get your soapbox out and to tell our audience anything that you would like them to know. Well. Um, I guess all I'm saying is that I just want to be able to produce music for people who are looking for it, whatever genre, whatever avenue it's coming from, you know. And if you want to give me a shot, I'm more than happy to help you out, and let's see what we can do together. And when people worry about, well, what kind of, what are you looking at spending? I'm like, well, whatever you can, whatever you can budget for yourself. Everybody has a budget to work with, and that's fine with me. Let's see what we can just do together, and let's see what we can build from that. And see if we can just build, you know, something bigger down the road. Start off small, make it bigger afterwards, you know. And um, uh, the, I don't really have too much in the turn or in the sense of uh, social media platforms. I very, I'm very strict with that. I only have a YouTube channel, which only has a few things on it, and that's it. And uh, my LinkedIn account, and that's it. Just to keep it simple, I don't want to be. I, I can't. I can't afford to try to be all over the place. I understand. I understand. If somebody wants to get a hold of you, yeah. what's the best way? Um, obviously, if they get a hold of it through you first, you know, whichever, that's that's fine. And you just pass it on to me. That's that's no problem. Um, if you want, they can just um, 
send me a, a message through uh, YouTube. And YouTube is the same thing with my name, Mark W. Chason. That's it. And uh, I believe uh, if they're on LinkedIn, then they can sit there. It'll just be Mark Chason. And they'll be able to find me there. Do you want to put out your uh, uh, website? Uh, yeah, it's still it's still in uh, it's still you know very it's a very humble website. It's not big yet, but it's uh, just Mark W C H I A S S O N dot com. Very so good. It's just a very simple website. Just it's just there for people to get in contact with me, and then that's, take that, it from there. That's all you need. Because you know, and then it'll go. It'll go from there. Mark has been, has been our guest, and what I would like to do, just just in case somebody uh, uh, is listening to the back half of this, or or missed the uh, song at the beginning, I'd like to I'd like to play that again, um, so that people can get a feel for what type of work that you do. And then, if you wouldn't mind hanging out for that, I'll be right back after that, and then we'll go from there. Is okay, no problem. All righty. So this is. This is Mark Chason. I said that better. That's good. Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool. Hey, don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts. And remember, take care of each other because each other's all we've got. See you next time on My Independence Report.